you have to devoid yourself of your preconceived understanding or you will not see what's right there in front of you. You'll look over. You'll overlook. You're not engaged. And if this book is alive and living, it's important for us to get engaged in it, which means that I have to step out of my present. Shalom, saints, and welcome to our verse-by-verse study of the gospel according to Matthew. I'm your host and teacher, Arthur Bailey. In this podcast, Matthew, the introduction, will address and answer the following questions about the first book listed in the New Testament writings. Who wrote the book of Matthew? When was it written? To whom was it written? Why was Matthew written? And much more. The Gospel according to Matthew give us a unique perspective and insight into the life and ministry of Yeshua our Messiah, his teaching, and his discipleship model. So, let's get started. Matthew's perspective of Yeshua automatically connects him to the royal house of David. And by doing that, many have concluded that Matthew presents Messiah as king and as the royal bloodline. And ultimately, we know that Messiah would be recognized, whether it be mockingly or factually, by those who mockingly call him the king of the Jews. And so, Matthew um, recognized Yeshua as um, the family of David and understanding as we're going to get through it, he is going to take us from David, uh, I mean, from Abraham uh, to David and all the way up to Messiah and beyond. So Matthew's uh, opening statement, as I say, it it connects Yeshua to the royal bloodline uh, of, of David, and therefore he identified Yeshua as being of royal heritage. Now, how Matthew came to that conclusion, uh, I would dare say, is based on the information that was shared with him, but also his knowledge, because Matthew is going to give us a genealogical account of the lineage of Yeshua. And you know, as any of us here today, to try to find your heritage is not always the easiest thing to do. I mean, some of us, we can go back to our grandfather or our great-grandfather or grandmother, and some even to great-greats. But for many, it's a little bit challenging to go beyond that. Well, Matthew goes all the way back to Abraham. And so um, one have to ask, well, how would he, he know that? And here is where you'll find, because when we look at Matthew's occupation, we're going to find that Matthew was a very learned and a very educated individual. Uh, he was a professional in his occupation. 
looking at the background of Matthew provides perspective and points of views uh, from his perspective and how he see or saw or bear witness to what he have seen. And as I was thinking about this this morning, I was thinking about, you know, growing up in Mississippi and the various um, churches that I saw around and the, the, the culture in which I grew up in. And even in Mississippi, because our, our community was divided by railroad tracks where you had the white community on one side of those tracks and the black community on a different side of the tracks, that even the Baptist churches within the community worshiped different. There was differences in choirs and differences in how people interpreted uh, certain aspects of of the the various books of the Bible. Matthew um, had two names. He was also named Levi. And in Mark chapter two and Luke chapter five, we can see. And so we're gonna. These Gospels, it tells us who Matthew was, how he was viewed, his father, uh, his brother, and and his mother. But you got to look for these things in order to be able to identify them. And so in Mark chapter 2, verse 14, and Luke chapter 5, verse 27, we read, And as he passed by, he saw Levi. <laughs> he saw Levi. Now, uh, Levi and Matthew is the same person. But if you didn't know that, you would assume that Levi is somebody different. And here it says Levi, the son of Alphaeus. So here we identify who Matthew's dad is. He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of customs and said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Now, when you look at the list of the 12 apostles, in those list of the 12 apostles, you don't see anybody named Levi. But Matthew, you see Matthew, and Matthew is in all of the lists where the apostles are listed. John doesn't have a list of all the apostles, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the book of Acts all have um, who Yeshua's 12 apostles were. But in any of those lists, none of them list a person named Levi. And so we see that Matthew is also called Levi and Luke. And then in, in chapter 5, verse 27 of Luke, it says, And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican. So now we identify his occupation his profession, named Levi. So Levi was not only um, Matthew, but we see that Levi was a publican sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, follow me. Now, what these these, uh, verses do is it shows that when the Romans required or when customs were collected in the land, that it was these publicans or tax collectors, and Matthew was one of them. 
Matthew's father, as we already noted, was named Alphaeus, and we saw that in Mark chapter 2. And here's something, when you look up Matthew's dad, you will see something that will cause, um, hopefully, you to look a little deeper than to get stuck on just trying to get the definition of a particular word or identity. As I was um, preparing this morning, I thought I would just share with you as I've shared parts of how I develop um, messages. And I think it's important for all of us that when we're reading, because for me, I'll read and then I'll ponder. And then I, my typical is I get up and I walk around because, you know, I think better on my feet. And in that, I'm asking questions. And then I get thoughts in my head. And I've come to realize that there are different ways by which Father communicates with me because um, I've just observed how he does it over the time, over, over the past. And so I'll get a thought in my head. And when I get a particular thought, if I'm meditating on a particular thing, then if, if a word comes to me or a verse comes to me or something, then I go and I search that out. And in that, I find these, these connections as far as how Father communicates with me, and it opens up another avenue of study to build on what I'm already studying. And so um, when I begin to do a search of Matthew and then come to realize that his name was Levi, and then I did all, I, I searched Levi <laughs> in all of the places in the Bible, and specifically in the New Testament. And when I did that, I found that there were Levi in reference to the tribe, and then I found there was a Levi in reference to a person who was actually in the gospel, not associated with the tribe. And so when I go over there, I see, okay, Levi is the son of Alphaeus, but Levi is also Matthew. And so now I check out who, who is Alphaeus. And when I look up Alphaeus, I come to realize that Alphaeus is mentioned and connected to two people in the New Testament, and one of them is named James. <laughs> and is identified as James the Less. Now, in, in your Bible, you may look at James the Less and you say, well, why is he called Less? Because there's a James the Greater. <laughs> well, who's James the Greater? And then I come to find out that James the Greater is John's brother, James and John, the son of Zebedee. So when I see James as it lists in Yeshua's disciple list, I know now there's two James. So whenever I see James in the Bible, I got to understand which James it is because there's more than one, <laughs> right? And so now when I connect this James and separate him from James, the brother of John, I come to realize that James, the last father who is named Alphaeus, has another son named Levi, also called Matthew. So now I see James the less, and Levi slash Matthew 
of brothers. So now I see that not only is there James and John who are brothers, who are disciples of Messiah, I see Matthew and James, the other James, as brothers as well. But then I also know that Thomas, called Didymus, which means twin, has a twin brother, and we don't know who he is, so he's not part of it. And what you're going to find is that several of Yeshua's disciples were related. This may not mean much to you, but it helps me to understand community. It helps me to understand even when it comes down to when Yeshua chose his disciples and looking at the communities that they came from, the positions that they may have had in their community and their outlook based on the region they lived in and how they were viewed by individuals in other regions. Because Yeshua being from Nazareth, and nothing good comes from Nazareth, at least that's how some saw it, and then being in Galilee and understanding the regions, Galilee, Samaria, and Judea, I realized that Judea, the people of Judea, first of all, despised the people of Samaria and looked down on the people of Galilee. When I look at the book of Acts and I see the day of Pentecost, then I see and can understand better why they were able to identify these individuals. How is it that they speak being they're all Galileans? And so all this stuff is connected, which means that when you approach the word, you have to devoid yourself of your preconceived understanding or you will not see what's right there in front of you. You'll look over. You'll overlook. You're not engaged. And if this book is alive and living, it's important for us to get engaged in it, which means that I have to step out of my present and step into the time because if I step into the time that it is written, I have a much better understanding of how to take what was written in its time and to apply it in my time. I don't try to force my time in the scriptures, but I learn the time of the writings and how to apply them in my time. It's a dangerous thing to read the book with a modern frame of mind because we are so far removed from the way things were and how they were written to the point to where even now modern theologians are looking at the Bible from a modern perspective and now they're trying to apply modern day times to make them applicable in Scripture. This is how a man or a woman or a person can develop the mindset to begin to retranslate 
reinterpret and then try to bring, bring the Bible into modern times for a modern person. This is how you can see homosexuals and lesbians and gays and transgenders identifying themselves in a book that clearly calls that kind of behavior abominable. Well, in modern times, it's no longer abominable because it's being retranslated. It's being reinterpreted. It is, it is, it is trying to be made applicable to this modern time to where everything is acceptable and it's all about love. Well, we have to go back in time and look at the intent. And this is one of the things that you'll find even in the legal realm, especially when it comes down to the governing documents of any country or nation or people. You have to look at the framers' mind and intent. And so for us, we have to look at the Almighty's intent. His intent is the only intent that matters. Not about what you think. It's about what he said, what he meant when he said what he said, because ultimately, that's how he's going to judge how we apply what he said. And so, Alphaeus means changing. He's the father of Levi the publican, and then he's the father of James the less, so-called, one of the apostles. So, James the less is one of the apostles of Yeshua, and Levi or Matthew, is also one of the apostles. Now, the interesting thing about this particular statement is that, notice, put that back up. If, you, if you're looking in a certain def dictionary and you see this, this definition, where is Matthew in there? He's not. You, you see that? You see Levi, but you don't see Matthew. So you won't make the connection unless you know Matthew is Levi. And this is how people's minds, when they study the scriptures, their minds based on the, the, the writers, because you got to understand that I don't, I don't get it. I don't fully understand it. But I approach the word knowing that when I look at the, the tools that men develop, remember this whole worldview? Remember this whole culture issue? Because if I have a certain way of thinking and I want to direct you to a certain way of thinking, then when I create material for you that you study from, I'm going to be influential in your way of thinking. 
I can insert things and I can remove things. And if you don't know the difference, you will be taken down a path, not even knowing that you're being led down a path, even though you are doing your diligence to study. This is why I say, don't depend on one Bible dictionary. Don't depend on one translation of the Bible. Because the Almighty made it very clear that there will be those whose intent is to deceive. If, if, if a theologian is in a position to where they believe that homosexual, homosexuality is, is acceptable, then you're going to see some of that showing up in the tools they develop. It's been interesting that as I've, I've, I've got tools and when I look at these particular tools and they, some of them want to explain or, or, or say the name and here's here's one of those areas, brothers. I'm telling you, when you begin to approach the Bible with an open mind, there are things that you will begin to pick up that you won't otherwise pick up. So I've got these these tools, and the tools now are compatible to the Strong's numbering system. And those of you who know about the Strong's numbering system, if you've got a Strong's concordance. They associate every Hebrew word to a number and every Greek word to a number. And, and here's what I've seen in, in some of these tools that have commentary but are associated with the Strong's numbering system. In the commentary, they use Yahweh. But then they give you the Strong's number that takes you to Yehovah. So which one is it? And what you see is the bent, the mindset, the mind frame of the commentator while using the tool of Strong's. You follow me? And in many of these online tools, when a person writes a book according to the way things are done here in America, if you write on a particular subject and you use somebody's information, you now have to list them in the area where you list your references. So, if, if I write a book on a particular subject that I'm the first person to write a book on the subject. And then somebody else decides they're inspired to write a book on a similar subject, but they want to use subject matter, they're going to quote me. If somebody else writes a book, then they're going to quote the person who also quoted me. If they don't like me, they'll leave me out. <laughs> and quote that person. 
And so anytime you see books, you, you also see oftentimes bibliographies of who they quote. I've read bibliographies by, by writers who quote themselves. It's like, how are you going to quote yourself in your, in your writing? See? So if you're going to look up the quote, what are they doing? They're directing you to another writing they wrote. You follow me? So your view and what you conclude is going to be what they want you to conclude. Which is why you have to go outside of those areas. It may be a little bit uncomfortable, but if you want a full or better or more robust understanding, and then you have to trust yourself not to be stupid or ignorant or gullible, because here's what we will do if we're not careful. We will gravitate to the ones we like that agree with us and agree with them. The reason we agree with them is because they've already agreed with us. And when you do that, you are stuck in a certain way of thinking. And it is very dangerous to get stuck in a certain way of thinking when you're approaching his word. What you want now is the mind of Messiah, not the mind of your professor. You don't want the mind of your instructor, the mind of your rabbi or your apostle. You want the mind of Messiah because the mind of Messiah will say your apostle is wrong. What your apostle and your prophet is, is, is saying does not align with what is written, which is why you will have people who have belief systems that don't align with what is written. Why? Because they've agreed with or come in agreement with their apostle, their prophet, their rabbi, their teacher, their professor. And this is how people are able to separate you from the truth. Remember, we have an adversary who come to steal, kill, and to destroy. And the only way he can effectively do that is he separates you from the truth. He will give you a truth. You want to make sure that the truth you have align with his truth, or you will be on a different truth path, which now you're being led down that path and away from his truth. So here's, here's another thing about Matthew. We know that Alphaeus is the son, is the father of, of Levi and the father of James. We know that Matthew and Levi is the same person. Matthew and Levi was publicans, tax collectors. And so for those of you who are joining us um, and you didn't hear the previous, Levi and Matthew is the same person in the New Testament. We're not talking about the sons of Israel. We're talking about Matthew 
who's also known as Levi. Now, in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 15, 40 says, there were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James the Less. So if Alphaeus is the father of James the Less and Mary is the mother of James the Less, is it safe to conclude that Alphaeus and Mary was the parents of James the Less? So if Alphaeus and Mary is the parents of James the Less, would it be safe to conclude that if James the Less is Levi's brother, then Mary, the mother of James the Less, could also be associated with Levi or Matthew and possibly be his mother. <laughs> you see. So what did we just do here? First of all, we said we're starting with Matthew in the introduction. Secondly, we identified that Matthew and Levi is the same person. Third, we've identified Alphaeus as being Levi's father, which means that Alphaeus is Matthew's father, because Matthew and Levi is the same person. We also identified that Matthew and Levi is, Matthew who is Levi is the brother of James the Less. And then we made the connection between James the Less and Alphaeus, and here we make the connection between James the Less and Mary, <laughs> not now, notice there was Mary the Magdalene or Mary from Magdala. There is Mary, the mother of Messiah. There is Mary, which is also considered the other Mary in some places. And so we've got all these Marys. So when you read about Mary, you can't assume you know who Mary is. Did y'all see what we just did here? And I'm hoping that I'm, I'm broadening your way of thinking so that you will be more um, well-rounded when you approach the scripture and not make assumptions, but search things out. So there was also women looking on afar off among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the less and of Hosi and Salome. Now, notice that. Mary, the mother of James, the less, and Jose, Josie, and Salome. Do you see that? <laughs> So, again, we've identified that James the Less is Matthew's brother. Matthew Levi is mentioned in all the Gospels except John. We identified that. Matthew's occupation, we identified as being a publican or a tax collector. Now, a, a tax collector um, of Roman revenue um, was somebody who worked 
for the Romans. So, um, Matthew is a Hebrew who works for the Romans and collecting taxes. It would be like the IRS man of today or woman. And then these individuals could be chief tax collectors or ordinary based on their positions. Tax collectors were noted for imposing more taxes than were required so that they might grow rich more quickly. They were dishonest in a sense by adding to, you know, if you're sitting there collecting taxes and you got to understand that from a toll perspective that if you get on the toll road you got to pay right thank you for listening to our podcast today you can find more inspirational teachings and download our free ebooks on our ministry website at arthurbaileyministries.com please follow us on facebook at house of israel ministries on Instagram at Apostle Arthur Bailey, on Twitter at Apostle Bailey, and you can subscribe to our YouTube page at Apostle Arthur Bailey One. If you're in the Charlotte area, please come and fellowship with us. We'll do our best to make you feel right at home. Our address is on our website at the About link under Contact Us. Again, thank you for joining us, and until next time, Shalom.